beautiful Jesus. Here comes heaven. Yes. Yes, this is your home. This is your home. This is where you sit. At the feet of the one who sits on the throne. Yes. Here comes heaven. Just focus on him. Don't be distracted. Focus on Jesus. Focus on him walking into your heart. Into your heart. Look at the train of the road of your papa sweeping in your room. Sweeping in your heart. Watch him move in your life. Father, we thank you. Here comes the glory of majesty. Lord, it's in you like this that we live and move and have our being, Lord. And as we come to learn of your ways, teach us, Father. You are our rabbi. You said that your children, our children will be taught of you. We sit here as children of the Most High God. The Father, our Abba, teach us, lead us, change us, transform us to a new thing. Let this new creation arise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. <laughs> Marie, you can read 1 Kings 19 from verse 1. You just read that first verse. And I'll talk a little bit, and then I'll take us to chapter 18, so that okay. we have a prelude to, to that. Okay, so Elijah flees from Jezebel. So now Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and how he had killed all the prophets of Baal with a sword. Okay, so I wanted us to note how, for some reason... He's saying that he killed the prophets. You all said prophets of Baal? Mine amplified, yes. Prophets of Baal. Okay, that's very good because mine, the New King James, just said killed all the prophets with a sword. Mm. Yeah, so why I want to place emphasis on that is how it became commonplace that the prophets of Baal were referred to as regular prophets. Mm. Like they were false prophets. If you say that Elijah killed the prophets, it would sound like it's the real prophets, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But in that day, they had so infiltrated the house of God and the nation of God that they were revered as prophets. That's how bad it was. So for him to kill the prophets, it's like he killed some revered people, some anointed people, people who had connection to God Almighty. That is how it was. And it will be very similar to how we feel today with the whole mixture in the environment. Anybody jumps up and says they're a prophet and you assume that they are from God. Mm -hmm. And this is how this was commonplace in that day. So now I want to take us to the story of how he got to kill the prophets. So that you're not wondering, okay, how did we get here? So we'll go to 1 Kings 18 from verse 20. I'll read quickly through it. So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. 
So this is where it all happened. There was a showdown about to take place. And Ahab gathered all the children of Israel. This Ahab was the king of Israel. And he told all of them to gather upon Mount Carmel. And all the prophets also gathered. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? How long will you falter between two opinions? It is what is happening right now. There's the spirit realm where everything takes place. There's a spirit realm that is in darkness that has not encountered the light of God. Where Satan and his hosts abide. And then there's the spirit realm of our God, which is full of light, which is full of God, which is where we all want to be. And we all want to partner with. So this was the case in that day, as it is in our day. They were moving between two opinions. So Elijah said, how long will you falter be existing with these two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is, follow him. But the people answered him, not a word. See, they couldn't say anything because they were so accustomed to what they believed. They didn't know who the real God was. There were all these prophets of Baal directing the entire nation and you know, giving the nation prophetic words, giving the king prophetic words. Jezebel was their queen, the leader of the whole occultic thing going on at the time. So that was the voice that reigned more strongly than the voice of the real prophets. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Can you imagine one man standing against 450 prophets? One prophet of God and 450 voices? Therefore, let them give us two bulls and let them choose one bull for themselves. Cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood. But put no fire under it, and I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood and put no fire under it. So the prophets of Baal have their own bull. They, cut it, they put it as the sacrifice, but they do not light fire. And then this one prophet of God has his own bull too, and he is ready. Then you call on the name of your gods, he tells them, 450. And I will call on the name of the Lord and the God who answers by fire. He is God. Growing up, there was a song we sang. We used the King James in our song. So we say, the God that answered by fire, <laughs> he will be my God. The God that answered by fire, he will be my God. So there was this, the God that answers by fire. And you see us will be praying, send your fire, <laughs> you know. So all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. They were all ready. This is one against 450. Now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one bull for yourselves and prepare it. For you are many and call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. So they took the bull which was given them, and they prepared it and called on the name of Baal from morning even till noon, saying, Oh, Baal, hear us. But there was no voice. No one answered. 
Then they leaped about the altar which they had made. So these guys kept calling on Baal all through the, <laughs> the time they were there. Baal didn't respond, so they literally climbed on top of the altar. And so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, this one prophet began mocking them and saying, cry aloud, for he is a God. Either he is meditating or he is busy or he is on a journey. <laughs> oh my goodness. Or perhaps he is sleeping and must be awakened. So he was just making that whole mockery of them. Because how can you be calling on your God from morning till evening and he's not showing up? You guys are 450. So they cried aloud and caught themselves. They caught themselves. They used harmful objects to cut themselves. This is where the spirit of cutting originates from. They cried aloud and cut themselves as was their custom where they offer blood sacrifices to their God in desperation. So when this spirit comes upon our young ones, you find them very desperate to have a life, very desperate to belong to something, a lack of identity. And that spirit is strong and it lives in the ancestors of Baal worship. And so you will find that it is very common within this society even today because of the worship of Baal. This was the custom. It was a desperate call for Baal to show up, to answer them, to hear them, to come to their rescue. And this is the spirit that resides within our young ones who are crying out for help. And that spirit causes them to cut themselves. This was their usual custom, so they were cutting themselves with knives and lances. They, could, they just would grab anything like a stick, anything harmful to harm themselves until the blood gushed out of them. That is demonic worship. That is demonic sacrifice. It is not ordinary when this takes place. It is not ordinary. It's an act that was a worship to Baal. And when midday was passed, they prophesied. These prophets were prophesying. Even though Baal didn't show up, they were prophesying until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. But there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. So when those people were done with crying and jumping on top of the sacrifice and calling themselves and screaming and all these theatrics that were going on, prophesying, I don't know what they were saying in their prophecy, but when all of that was going on, there was no voice, nobody paid attention to them. Elijah is like, okay, now come, Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. So all the people came near to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. See, God's altar was broken down because Jezebel was already killing the prophets of the Lord and destroying the altars of God. So it was already broken down. And Elijah took the time to repair it, place the sacrifice on it. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob. This is a significant thing Elijah was doing. He was bringing the generations of Israel back to God 
by their names back to God and represented by the stones. These same stones were found on the high priest. Those 12 stones that represented the 12 tribes of Israel. He significantly placed them within the sacrifice to restore them back to God so that the God that answers by fire will come and claim his people again. So he placed the number of the stones to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob to whom the word of the Lord had come saying, Israel shall be your name. The nation of Israel was defined by God. And one man had to rise up and restore them to their true identity. Then with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two seers of seed. And he put the wood in order, cut the bull in pieces, and laid it on the wood and said, see, this is one man doing all of this, and they are just watching. One man doing all of this, and they are just watching all day. He said, fill four water pots with water, and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. So he goes to the extreme. Remember, this is a contest. This is a contest. Who is the true God? God wants to display himself through each one of us. There is a contest going on for everyone who calls on the name of Jesus Christ and has been sent into this timeline into this dispensation to reveal God. We are all in a contest. So we'll quickly finish this contest. I want to give us that idea so that we hold on to it. That you and I are in a contest to display to the nations of the world, to our friends and our loved ones, to our children and our grandchildren, and our great-grandchildren, to the people around us, that the God we serve, he is God. And so you see Elijah fully involved in this contest. And you see Elijah doing something that involves generations. You are in a contest doing something, standing for God for your generations. That's why he placed all those stones there. Amen. He goes ahead to fill the water pots. Yes, amen. And he goes on to fill the water pots. They fill the water pot and they pour it on top of wood. You and I know that that is not gasoline. That is not what you do when you want a fire. You do not put water. This man was fully operating in the supernatural. He expected the supernatural. We are called to expect the supernatural. We are called to compete against the demonic realm. That the supernatural belongs to our God. And he sets the tone so distinctively upon the sacrifices that the prophets of Baal were offering was no water. But upon his, there was water. This is the faith and confidence he had in this God to supernaturally show himself and claim his people. I'm telling you, when you step into the supernatural, it's not you trying to have fun. It's about you making room for God to display himself among his people and claim them back to himself. 
So when we as a ministry are engaging in the supernatural, we're praying for healing and we're calling forth for miracles, signs and wonders. And Jesus said, we'll even raise the dead and cast out devils. These are things that God wants to do. And he's looking for that Elijah who will make room for him to show forth so that the people and the nations of the world will see him display himself and return to him. Don't forget to listen to our podcast because there is a limitless supply of God's spirit that wants to reach you. And I pray you're a willing vessel to listen and also share and see that God's truth is released upon those you love to see breakthrough in the lives of those you love. And I encourage you, please grab spirit, spirit, spirit. You need this book. I don't want you to miss the detailed truths the testimonies of God's tangible presence moving in your life that you may not have seen until you are able to engage this and see them clearly outlined for you. So I encourage you, grab this book for yourself and your loved ones and take the time to read it. God bless you. God's face shine upon you and have just a beautiful day. I love you so much. Okay, have an awesome day. Bye now. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.